gentlemen, welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet. We are here with episode 137 and today we are jumping into Today I Fucked Up. No, just kidding, that's going to be our Patreon episode on Wednesday, so make sure you're signed up over there for that. Today, we're jumping into r slash let's not meet tea, popcorn, and let's go. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben. Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today we have some horrifying stories for you, so make sure you're sat tight, tucked in, and ready for these bad boys. Our first one is from Anonymous, to the man by my shed. My boyfriend and I, both 23, male and female respectively, recently decided that we wanted to take the new tent we bought on its first trip. The tent was one that hooks up to your car to provide more storage space, and we were excited to try it out. We had planned a kayaking trip the next day at a kayak rental shop. It was supposed to be a nice, inexpensive, outdoorsy weekend getaway. We tend to book things last minute, so all the state parks and professional campgrounds were full. This led us to a website that is essentially an Airbnb for campsites. The place we chose was a 100-acre property just 20 minutes south of the kayak shop. Of all the sites in the area, it was described as having working bathrooms and showers and it allowed for campfires and all the sites were car accessible. Important for a car-dependent tent. This site was also the most reviewed in the area with three five-star reviews. The area was very rural, so we didn't think much about the low number of reviews for any of the campsites. The renter was Mary, who only ever texted us updates, but seemed sweet. We start our two-hour drive a bit later than anticipated, which put us behind the 11am time we had originally informed the host. But we tried to keep her updated with the new schedule. She just told us to let her know when we arrive at the address she sent us. We arrive at the address and are greeted with the barn from the pictures. It had string lights all over it, seemed fairly new and just gave a nice feel to it. We sit in the car for a minute and struggle with cell service to text the host to let her know we had arrived. Ten minutes after our text sends, a sweaty man who appears to be in his 60s pulls up on an ATV. He lets us know that he's the father-in-law to Mary and she's busy taking care of the seasonal harvest and sent him instead. He lets us know we can take the car anywhere on the property and offers to show us around in the ATV. My boyfriend, visibly uncomfortable, declines the offer and asks a few more questions about the woods and how far into them we're allowed to take the car. Anywhere. 
There are no designated campsites. We can go anywhere. And the ATV man even offers to help pull the car out if it gets stuck. We ask one final question about cell service, and he jokes that if we're from around here, we'll understand that reception works better on one side of the barn than the other. Now, I am from around here and thought it was funny, but once he said that, I realized he didn't have an ounce of the accent for what here should sound like. Eventually, he leaves and we begin exploring the property on foot. The barn is nice and maintained. It was fully lit in the middle of the day, with the string lights decorating the interior too. It is insulated and has a working kitchen. The only warning we got was to not drink the water. It seemed like a place that would host small 50 guest weddings. We walked past a shed out behind the barn to get to the trails that ran through the woods. After going for a hike that my car would never have survived, we decided it might be best just to camp by a small creek, and we chose a spot on the side opposite the barn. We were still within walking distance, but we used my car as a buffer to feel a bit more isolated. We chose our spot, and then we go to the main town to eat and walk around. We message Mary about the fire policy, and she tells us they'll deliver a fire ring to the barn for us to take to the camp. We arrive back at the barn about an hour and a half from nighttime. We drive by the barn, and the lights have been turned off. We assumed it was on a timer as to not waste energy or money. We also noticed the fire ring had not yet been delivered. We start the grueling 30-minute setup in the sticky heat and reward ourselves with a sit-in-the-air-conditioned car. We notice it looks like it's about to rain, so my boyfriend and I pull out a card game and wait for it to pass in the car. It only lasted about 10 minutes, but it is starting to be sunset. The tent held up nicely, so we felt okay leaving it for a second. Needing to use the bathroom, we start walking to the barn. As we cross the creek, we hear what sounds to be like someone in a shed moving things around. A bit unsettling, but I tell my boyfriend that maybe they used the equipment today and it's just sitting in there making the crackling, cooling off noises that it sometimes does. We get to the barn and the lights are still off, but the fire ring is there. We go in and check to make sure the power is off, and it's not just the lights outside. None of the light switches will work, so we assume the power is cut. Again, maybe it's just on a timer, no worries. As soon as we step inside, the power cuts. I start to get a weird feeling, and I can tell he has it too. I look at my boyfriend and say, maybe they're just watching us? I immediately follow it up with, no, that's a lot worse. We walk back outside and the lights turn on. My boyfriend says that we need to leave, and I have the same gut-wrenching primal fear. We put the ring back by the barn since we've moved it 10 feet, and the barn lights start flickering. We briskly walk back to the car. Being from Appalachia, we know better than to run. The 30-minute setup was torn down and packed up in about 5 minutes. We jump in the car and lock it. I managed to get my car going, thanking God that the rain did not get the car stuck. We start toward the driveway and just as we made it to the road, my boyfriend looks back to see a man standing by the shed watching us. As soon as my car pulls off into the road, we get a text from Mary letting us know that the firing is out by the barn. She also informs us that we are welcome to stay in the barn if the rain has messed up our camping experience. We arrive at a nice hotel, willing to splurge for safety. At this point, it's 10pm at the earliest. A sweet 
older lady checks us in. Desperate for validation and just comfort from anyone, we tell her what had happened to us at the campsite. She looks shocked. She asks if we'd seen the news lately, which we both respond that we had not. The lady tells us that couples in the state have been going missing. All of them had gone camping. Three couples were truly missing and one was recently found on the side of the freeway slashed to near death. They are, to the time of posting, still recovering in a hospital. We couldn't find many articles about where in the state, but the look on the lady's face suggested it was near us. We get back to our room and texted Mary back that we are not staying. Thanks for staying with us. We locked the door and I break down into tears. I will not forget that feeling I got at the barn, the primal fight or flight feeling and the feeling of being watched. I feel it in my throat just writing this. I never want to experience that again. So, to the man by the shed who watched us drive away, let's never meet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There is something strange and almost supernatural that we all have. Sometimes we can just sense danger. It's like a human spider sense. I think pretty much everyone listening to this at some point in your life has experienced that feeling of, I'm in danger, I need to leave. No evidence of it, no reasoning, no logic, just a feeling, a sensation that was later proven to be true. And then you look back and you're like, wow, how the hell did my intuition figure that out? Probably best not to question it too much. Let's just be thankful that it did. Our next story is from Mad Mara. My dog's a good boy. Okay, I should start this story by giving a bit of background so that you understand the situation a bit better. I, a 4 foot 9, 16 female at the time, had two dogs who were brothers from the same litter. Now, being boxers, they were relatively big and quite protective when they needed to be. Vince was longer, much taller than his brother and is usually the kind to sleep through a hurricane if we had one. His brother Maori was shorter but more muscled and stronger. Usually these two were with me 24-7, as my mother used to work a lot and I was usually alone most of the day, sometimes even until after dark. This never really bothered me. I'd been left alone at home like this since I was 11. It never struck me that I had a reason to be worried. One day, my mum was working later. I was doing some household chores, feeding the dogs, doing dishes, stuff like that. I continued doing what I always had, a routine of tidying the house I had done every day for years. As I went to take the trash out of the bin, I started walking towards the door when Maori stepped in front of me. I tried moving around him, telling him to get out of the way, but he refused to budge. 
This was certainly odd, and looking back on it now, a few years later, I realize he was probably trying to stop me from walking outside. We continue like this for a few moments, me trying to get past him, and him, of course, never moving from his spot. He was quite a heavy and big dog, it was difficult to lift him, and even harder to get him away from something. Now, in the time that we had been going back and forth with this interaction, Vince stayed happily asleep on his dog bed. I should note that from my kitchen you can see the living room and bathroom. Usually we used the side door from the kitchen to enter or exit the house since it attached to the carport. After a couple more minutes, I heard something I hadn't expected when I made one last desperate attempt to move Maori from his spot. He growled, which wasn't unusual as he'd growled plenty in his life. What was unusual was that he growled at me. He had never done that before, not once. But for that reason and that reason alone, I decided not to take the trash out that night. I simply tossed it in another room and let it be. A short time passed, maybe an hour or so. I'd gotten settled in my chair to watch some movie while I waited for my mum to come home. While I was watching the movie, I suddenly heard a quiet knock at the side door. As I mentioned earlier, you can clearly see the living room from the kitchen, so I heard the knock pretty well. It was already after dark, so I figured it was just my mother, and she had somehow forgotten her keys. I got up, went into the kitchen, and out the corner of my eye I saw the hook near the door. The keys were not there. To some people that's not a big deal, but to me... It meant that the person knocking on my door was in fact not my mother. My mum is a bit of a routine obsessed person, so if she actually had forgotten her keys, they would always be on the hook. I took a deep breath, preparing myself to just not answer the door if they didn't leave, or to just tell them I wasn't interested in whatever was happening and that they should leave. Thinking about it now, I really wish I hadn't even looked out the window. I wish I had just sat back down, called my mum and stayed out of sight. But of course, I walked in front of the door, and immediately came face to face with a figure on the other side of the window. Now it was really dark, with just my neighbor's lights shining from his porch, so I could only make out a couple things on this guy. He was tall me having to peer up at him through the window to look at his face. He had long hair that looked like a shadow over his shoulders in the dim light. The only facial feature I could really see were his eyes. God, I wish I hadn't seen them. I could see the spark of interest flare in them as he perked up when he saw me. They were wide and staring down at me. He took a step towards my door, stepping up on the first two steps. I heard him say something along the lines of, My car broke down nearby. Can I come in and use your phone? Immediately I thought of every bad thing that I had ever heard happening to a teenager at home alone and tried to compose my nerves. I'm not sure what it was, but something told me not to trust this man standing on the other side of my door. I shouted back a quick no and an apology, hoping he was telling the truth and would just go to the next house over. But he didn't. 
Instead, he simply said it again, quite a bit louder. I thought for a quick moment he hadn't heard me, but then again, I know now that he most likely had. So I instead became a bit more confident. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Go to the next house. I shouted louder. For a moment he paused, as if contemplating what to do. Then he knocked again, louder than the first time I'd heard it. My heart rate increased as I stared at him. When I didn't react, he started to loudly bang against the door. I took a step back, praying to whatever god that he would either leave or my mum would be home early. I was usually a quiet girl, but my mum, she was a badass redneck with a raptor knife. She could take him. He started to bang on the glass after a moment, my mind racing a thousand miles per hour. Should I hide? Should I run? My phone was in the other room and I was scared to take my eyes off the guy. I was sure he would break through the glass. The banging was vibrating my eardrums and apparently it was vibrating Maori's too. I saw him creeping up past the doorway, bending his head, teeth bared. He started to bark loudly. The guy stopped a moment, trying to see into the window at the floor where Maori stood. When he stopped barking, the guy mistakenly tried to jiggle the door handle. Now that's when Vince woke up. I swear to God for a dog that was dead asleep five seconds prior, I'd never seen him move that fast ever. In only two seconds, Vince had his paws on the door, growling like a hellhound at the devil's side at this man outside my door. The guy jumped, fell back, and fucking bolted. I heard him say something as he started to run and saw another shadow. My mum came home shortly after. I had sprinted across my carport to my neighbours. We called the police after I explained what had happened, and my neighbour had dragged his shotgun out before they even got there. He had insisted on looking for the guy. The police had said someone had tried to pick the lock on my front door, but there was a lot of stuff in front of it and it was really old so it didn't open anymore. I went to bed that night uneasy and so very thankful I had two dogs who were not only strong and big, but one that was vigilant and one that could practically kill if you let him. A few weeks went by and we hadn't heard from the cops, so eventually I stopped trying to think about it. Another month went by and although I was a bit scared of being home alone, nothing else seemed to happen. Then we got another visit from the cops. What they told me made my heart sink into my chest and still gives me chills to this day. They had caught the guys and realized they were stalking me. Yes, guys, plural. There were two guys that had apparently been stalking me without my knowledge for months. They had several photos of me, words they had written over them. Awful words. The police had been fairly adamant that I changed my locks, since they caught two guys and there was evidence of a third. We moved shortly after that. I still pass by that house sometimes when I go to visit friends or do stuff around that area. A chill runs down my spine every time I do. To think that they never caught one of the guys was scary enough. The fact that they tried to break into my house was worse. 
not to mention that I hadn't known they were watching me. I still think about it even now, a few years later. I dread to think about what would have happened if my dogs weren't there and I dread to think about even worse what they had planned to do to me if I had opened the door or they had successfully broken in. I suppose they weren't expecting my dogs since our backyard is fenced and they mostly stayed indoors since it was so hot where I lived. I thank the universe every day that I had them, especially now. My mum never worked until after dark again after that, which, in all honesty, was fine with me. So to the man they still haven't caught. Let's not meet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you have a good boy in your life, give him a pat from me. They always deserve it. Thanks for listening. I will see you in the next episode. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.